how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. Welcome to The Colin and Samir Show, where two guys named Colin and Samir talk about the world of the creator economy. And specifically on this episode, we're going to answer your questions from our Reddit. In this episode, we're going to be addressing some criticism we've been receiving about the show. We're going to be reacting to a million-dollar idea that Eric actually turned down and we're going to be speaking about Dude Perfect's latest venture. Now, if you've been enjoying the show and you haven't yet rated our show, it'd be awesome if you could do that. We're getting kind of close to matching how I built this in ratings on Spotify, Colin. That's amazing. It's, we're getting close. And if you don't know what I sound like versus what Samir sounds like, just so you know, this is Colin. And this is Samir. All right, let's get into the Colin and Samir show. Can I open with a gripe, Colin? Please. Okay, so we have these wasabi peas that I'm, I've been snacking on. They're fantastic. Wasabi peas, one of my top three favorite snacks, when available to me. Yeah, um, as your opinion, not mine. Yeah, just the variance of wasabi spice level in them is a gripe. Mm. I think they should be equally distributed because I don't want to be playing the lottery while I'm just snacking around the office. I know? think that's what makes it exciting. You think that that's the tension? Yeah, of course. In eating a wasabi pea. Mm -hmm. It's like a shishito pepper. Exactly. The shishito pepper, it's like, I'm having a great time. Now my mouth is on it's fire. the Russian roulette of dining out. It's crazy. I think it's great. One person just gets stuck with a really hot pepper. Yeah. I don't know. That's not for me. What's wrong with that? I guess it is exciting. Yeah, they always say, if your story doesn't have a surprise, it's not a story. And what you're talking about here with the wasabi peas and shishito peppers there's a surprise element in there. It's a good mm, story, mm. whether you're filming it or not. I just tried to pull this back to creators, man. And no, that was stories. good. That was good. I will um, uh, pull us right out of that and go tangential again. I found myself last night before going to bed watching videos of people eating very hot peppers, ghost peppers and Carolina Reapers. I don't know why people keep doing that. I guess it's just because it makes really good YouTube content. Yeah, it's the unexpected. You don't know what's going to happen. How's the person going to react? Look you, at hot ones. It's you, a whole show based off of how someone's going to react. But you kind of know what's going to happen. They're going to be really uncomfortable. But you still want to see it. But you still want to see it. Yeah, you still want to see it. Yeah, it's called Schadenfreude. Look it up. I mean, All if right. we filmed our episodes eating hot peppers, it probably would be more interesting. Maybe we'll do it during our million subscriber special. Who knows? Hey. Anything could happen. All right. The first thing that we want to talk about before we get into your questions and um, comments from Reddit. First of all, I've been glued to the Reddit. It's on fire it's on right fire. now. There's a, everyone who's posting in the Reddit. I just want to say thank you so much. There's positive feedback. There's constructive criticism. There's loving criticism that we're going to get into. I find it all to be very valuable and interesting. And I love the way people are, are connecting with each other. Before we dive into that, just want to talk about a headline that was floating around our writer's room uh, that, that involves a creator that you and I covered five or six years ago at this point, Lil Michaela. Lil Michaela is a computer generated influencer. She was created by a company called Brud and is, you know, graphically made and, and was 
you know, picked up an audience on Instagram, then started making music and then started making YouTube videos, all computer generated. She has a team of writers Mm -hmm. and they've really constructed over the past few years a strong brand and they've also used some really good storytelling practices. They've, they've built a whole world really for her of who she interacts with and what she believes in. And her story just plays across social media as opposed to maybe a 30 minute television show or something. Now, if you have no frame of reference, I would recommend just looking up Lil Michaela right now. So you have a visual reference of like, whoa, that's not a real person that's a computer generated creator. But Lil Michaela has been growing in influence and Brud, the company behind Lil Michaela was actually bought by Dapper Labs, which is a web three company, the company behind NBA Top Shot and a few other NFT projects. And uh, the brand of Lil Michaela has continued to grow, which is really impressive to me that again, what, what matters to people is not that that's a real person. It's just that it's an interesting story. And being a computer generated creator is part of her story and finding out about that. And it's, it's very interesting, but Lil Michaela was just announced to be the face of PacSun, which was formerly a position held by Emma Chamberlain. Yeah. And like you mentioned up top, this was posted in our writer's room channel in Slack. And you know, that, that Slack channel consists of everyone that helps contribute to us finding stories, right? Whether Mm -hmm. it's gaming or, you know, whatever different part of the creator economy and this post in our writer's room, it elicited the most amount of responses. Yeah. I think it always, it never ceases to amaze people that essentially a glorified cartoon character, which might be a mm-hmm. too harsh of a description for little <laughs> Michaela, could replace a human. That like, you know, that was money that Emma Chamberlain was winning, right? Or yeah. that, that was going to her business. And now there is this computer-generated character who's the face who could be the face for the Ever. next... Forever. Forever. Right? And, and could change to whatever PacSun needs. Exactly. While also being an influencer or a representative for another brand because she does not have any time constraints. <laughs> right. She could be in a million places at once because she's not real. <laughs> she can do photo shoots in five cities at the same time. How Brud does this is they actually use a real person and then they graphically impose Lil Michaela's face onto that person that could probably evolve, you know, down the line to be fully graphic. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible when you think about not only can Lil Michaela be the face forever, but like, it's also extreme low risk of cancellation, right? Lil Michaela is not going to get canceled probably because it's a company behind it and, and making those decisions. So I don't know about that. You don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that because she's already towed the line in the past. I've seen moments where in her YouTube videos, she talked, there was a video they put out actually mm. where she, the character talks about uh, sexual assault. Mm. And there was a lot of backlash around like, should you be towing this line with like real human experiences from a fictional character yeah, that's online. Fair. So I do think like where it's, you know, it's a story like any other and, and where they choose to take it. I think they're open to criticism, but it's always interesting. It always elicits this thought of could virtual influencers, virtual creators eventually, you know, take over actual humans. Right. And like in this instance, yes, like she has replaced Emma Chamberlain, but is there longevity to it? Is this, is this something that's real that like the creator economy 10 years from now, we're going to be looking at a lot of characters as opposed to humans. So I think anything that's happening in media today, you should just look back in time and see what else has happened that's similar to it. And this doesn't feel that different from animated characters to me. 
Mickey Mouse, when Mickey Mouse was first developed, I don't think there was people saying, whoa, that's going to be one of the most influential figures. But Mickey Mouse is incredibly influential, right? And and a figure that generates a lot of revenue. Um, so I would think that when you look at anime, when you look at just comic books and look at characters that have been developed that don't represent necessarily human beings, that's already happening. I think we've just started to accept it in this reality sense with Lil Michaela, where that didn't exist before. It only existed in fiction or scripted content. Now, it's this is quote unquote like an unscripted character who is scripted, but living in this reality that we all exist in. Like animated characters don't live in the same world as us, but Lil Michaela does. Here's an idea. You and I start an animated channel mm. about how to be a creator, but it's more of like a kid's channel. I mean, that would be huge. Yeah. And we just do the voices. Yeah. And we could do that, you know, until we're 100 years old. Or we don't do the voices, and then we can run that company for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. we could replace the voices, yeah. <laughs> which does happen with cartoons. Yeah. So that is that is something that we're probably going to, you know, kind of dig back into. If you if you want to watch some of these videos, we made two videos about Lil Michaela on the channel. We made a short about Lil Michaela. It feels like it's time to rehash this conversation and look into it a little bit more about why Lil Michaela has this longevity, who are some other examples, and, and what we predict the future of VTubers, as they're called, to be, which is virtual YouTubers. So, yeah, expect expect some more conversation on that. And if you have any intel on it, you know, hit us up in the Reddit and let us know what we should be looking at, because um, we do want to research this topic and, and explore it a little bit more. Okay, next up, let's dig in. Let's get into the Reddit. I yeah. think a good place to start is with feedback to our episode with Reed, mm-hmm. Mr. Beast's manager. So first and foremost, that video is performing extremely well for us. It's getting clipped and yeah. people are sharing it all over. And one of the posts in the Reddit is the new interview with Reed is one of the best yet. And a lot of people agree. They love how much nuance was in there. Like it's very specific. If you want to be a creator and you want to learn about this world, you're watching the entirety or you're listening to the entirety of that interview. I think there's a few elements of like components of why, why it is performing at the the level it's performing. I mean, as a frame reference in three days, it has 400,000 views and it's holding really strong with, with a very high AVD and a great click through rate. But I think one, the conversation is a very unique perspective for sure. You're getting the business perspective of the biggest creator. It'd be like, hearing LeBron James agent or some big actors agent as well. And like hearing how they navigated the business side. Interesting. Two, I think you came up with a really good idea for the thumbnail of having this conversation between Mr. Beast and an unknown figure that, you know, Jimmy is saying we're out of money. And the unknown figure is saying, again, there's no reference of that dynamic for Mr. Beast videos. So it's very new. We've also changed the background color of our thumbnails to make them pop a little bit more. So I think that thumbnail just pops. Jimmy's face obviously pops on YouTube. And then the third thing is the first minute moves really fast and really makes you curious, opens up your curiosity gap about who this character Reed is. So I think there's a lot of positive elements that have have led to that. Yeah, it, it took off more than I think you and I anticipated. For sure. 100%. Yeah. You know, to see that episode with a manager as opposed to a creator. I was, con- I was Trending nervous. way higher above like our episode with Tommy in it or even Ryan Trahan. Um, so that was fascinating. Now, on the other side, uh, one of the most popular posts in our Reddit right now is titled, Loving Criticism of Two of My Favorite Creators, Colin and Samir. 
It reads, Mr. Beast isn't the only creator out here doing amazing things. I think you guys have covered enough of him and his team for a while, and frankly, others trying to mimic him. Personally, I'd love to see you cover slash interview more women of color. And uh, the last line here reads, I guess what I'm saying is, if you're reading this, where are all the black women? LOL, we are out here, and we are creating too, and we are also fans of your channel as well. And this comment uh, elicited a lot of conversation, and it's something we've been talking a lot about in the office, and definitely is a comment that we want to address here on the show. First of all, like this is the best part of the Reddit for me is like not necessarily just like the positive reinforcement, the conversations between people, but really it's the the criticism of the show. And like uh, this makes it feel more like we're creating the show with all of you. We actually have talked about Issa Rae, not in a full episode, but we talked about Issa Rae and referenced her um, Disney as, map. her Disney map as like a guiding light for creators. So we, ha- we have talked about Issa Rae specifically. That said, as a broader criticism point, I agree with this. A hundred percent. And I think it has been challenging as well as for multiple reasons to feature more women, creators of color, you know, all the above. I am very conscious of representation, especially when it comes to race, primarily because I was, when I was growing up, I felt like I wasn't represented in content and I want to make sure that that is the platform we're building. So to pick this apart, let's start by discussing covering Mr. Beast. Like number one, we cover Mr. Beast a lot. And that is even something that, you know, us in our office and our employees are even conscious of making sure we don't cover him too much. And I think we do toe the line of, of potentially covering him too much. But on the flip side of that, we generated a relationship with him such a long time ago, and he gave us access to his world early on. And it is fascinating. And we do want to give him a platform to right, like teach everyone else about what's happening in his business. So it's not like there's, there is tons of value in focusing on him, but I 100% feel that there is a point where it becomes too much and you don't want to become the Mr. Beast network. For sure. I think we're really unique in that we're one of the only places that covers the creator economy and what these creators are doing. Um, He is a innovative figure and the biggest figure in our space. So no matter what, if you look at like the NBA network, the top players are going to be talked about the most. That's like a reality that I think we have to also recognize. Tom Brady getting traded is the most interesting conversation in the NFL when he gets traded. I think the difference for us is that like in the world of creators, top player is like very subjective because we're not playing by the same rules. It's not like with a ranking, we're ranking these creators necessarily across how many points they score. Sure, there's views, sure, there's subscribers, and that plays a big part of it. But what we're trying to do is paint a holistic picture of how creative people can build careers. Agreed. Right? But you, you, would you argue that Jimmy is not the top player in our space right now? No, but I think like the idea of being a top player. Not a top player, the top player. Yeah, but I think that gets into a conversation of like, what are the rules to be a top player? I'm not saying he's not like one of the top creators. Personally, but like, I think intuitively or just like gutturally, I can just say that Mr. Beast is the top player. You're saying like making the most money? No, I just think he's the most talked about, the most interesting, and the most visible character in our industry. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I guess the point that I'm making is that top player is one thing, and like most talked about 
But in terms of value, like there's no doubt that there are lots of other creators, some that you may never even heard their name. Yes, I'm that not could arguing give you that. immense value. That's I'm all not, I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not arguing saying that, like, but I'm saying I think it's 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 you can't sit here and say that he's not the Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tom Brady of our industry right now. Yeah, he just is. So like you look at sports and you're going to say like whenever that person does something, it's going to be the thing that gets gets covered. Now. With that said, I agree with what you're saying, that there are so many stories in our space that are actually potentially more valuable because they're more relatable too. And that's what's important to me, that like, if we're building aspiration, we've both spent a lot of time with Jimmy. He's a one of a kind character, in my opinion. Like if we're building education, aspiration, roadmaps, that's why we brought up Issa Rae in when it came to like a roadmap episode, when we said this is like how Issa has built her business um, or how Simone Yetch has done something or how, you know, ZHC or, or another creator has done something. Like I think those roadmaps are potentially cleaner to follow than Jimmy's roadmap. Jimmy's is just more interesting because of the scale of it all. And so I think we have to, we do have to like balance that line between how often we we cover what Jimmy's doing and the access that we have to his camp versus the the variety of stories we want to tell to be able to build a full picture of what's happening in this world and to build a representation of of what's happening in this world. Yeah. And I think just this Reddit thread confirms the conversations we've truly been having in the office leading up to this. Yeah. That like we're not currently doing a great job of painting a fully representative picture of what the entire creator landscape looks like. We'll never do a perfect job of that. No. But we could be doing a much better job right yeah, now. Agreed. And like, and you we know, have to also navigate the barrier of um, being an ad-supported channel that when you talk about the top, you know, five people who have mass audiences on YouTube, you know, that's, that's what the audience on YouTube is interested in. And we have to balance that. The creator where, economy is super decentralized. There's yeah. so many different creators and there are, you're right. You can put a certain number of creators in a thumbnail to generate a click. Yeah. Right. You could like name them on your hands. Right. Like, and they show up on our channel a lot, like usual suspects. Mm -hmm. And that's what has allowed us to build an advertising based business on YouTube because it is a very niche yeah. and it's going to, as we start to interview and highlight more uh, a more diverse set of creators what we have to do is get better actually at like packaging and thumbnailing the stories yeah. so that they are universally uh, appealing and it's not just at like a creator niche creator economy niche yeah but i think that brings up the point of like as we move forward with the colin and smear brand like how mass do we need to be or do we want to be versus how niche do we want to be right because like there are certain stories that have mass appeal and there's certain stories that have more niche appeal, but have a lot of value too. And I think we have to navigate how we move in the future. And you and I've been talking about this a lot. I think we want to diversify how we, how we generate revenue and turn to our community more. You know, maybe that's through a Patreon, maybe so that we can say, Hey, you know what? Yes. When you're building an ad backed business, your job to grow the business is to have as, as, as many views as possible given your content that you make, but is there a world where this is more community focused and saying, Hey, you know what? We have this community that is looking for this type of education. We're here to serve the community first, not the advertiser. Uh, and that I think is how we have to move forward.
I think there's also a middle ground where, you know, what we're doing right now is continuing to build trust with everyone that's watching so that, you know, every week when we put out a new episode, certain people will click regardless yeah, that's of true. the topic Agreed. because Agreed. they just trust that they will click on it and they will learn about creators. And there are a large group of people who already feel that way. I would assume most of the people in the Reddit, if they care enough to be in our Reddit, yeah. that you're in that category. And that's the advantage of the platform we've built right now is that, you know, we can diversify and move into a diverse set of creators and stories. And there will be people who trust us to click and to watch. You know? That's a good point. Like, I think that point's really important. We may be moving a little bit out of like intense growth mode yeah. of talking about Mr. Beast, right? And some of these, like you said, like top player type of characters and more into a holistic view of, of what's happening across the board. You know, as you can imagine, this is a topic of discussion that happens a lot in here uh, and something that we're actively trying to, to, to work on. The short answer to this comment is we would like to and we will cover a more diverse set of creators. That's a short answer. Yeah. Uh, we are committed to that. Again, that is an important value to us as creators, not just, you know, based on feedback, but it is a value that we have that we want to cover a more diverse set of creators. Also, our goal is that the, you know, more people have the opportunity to become creators and this whole thing of the creator economy continues to get larger and larger and larger. Yeah. And, you know, the way that happens is by covering the full diverse array of all the creators out here and what everyone's doing, right? Because yeah. every time we show a new roadmap of what's possible, someone can watch that video mm -hmm. and it can influence them to do a certain type of thing, right? And like, yeah. not everyone's going to be Mr. Beast. And we've said that, that like, because he's the top player does not mean that he's the right roadmap for everyone. Yes. I think um, the same way that we have a writer's room in our Slack where people are throwing all types of different stories in there and we get to learn about stories that maybe we wouldn't learn about, I would urge if you're in our Reddit to share creators and stories that you're inspired by that we might be missing. You know, we cover three stories in every issue of our newsletter. We have a lot of stories that are coming inbound to us, but we'd love to hear more and we'd love to hear what you're watching and what you consider something that should be covered on the show. Again, the value of us having this relationship with, with all of you is that you can influence what, what happens on the show. We, we are reading what's happening on the Reddit. We are listening to your feedback. We want more of this style of, of criticism, feedback, and just collaboration when it comes to making the show. I would say too, when it comes to interviews, it's sort of a slow moving ship right now because a lot of these interviews, it's about building a relationship with yeah, someone over a over long, long period of time to the point where they are comfortable with us and want to come and have the conversation. Yeah. So. Yeah, that takes, sometimes it takes years. Yeah. It's very exciting that some of those are coming to life right now. Like in the next two weeks, you're going to see two interviews that took a very long time to, to get to, but I think are just so exciting for our channel. And there's some that we want to, you know, get to by the end of the year that, um, we're really excited about as well, but they, they do, they do take time. Um, so yeah, that's the short of it. Again, I think you've inspired a great conversation in here. I think, uh, I have to pull out which video we talked about Issa Rae because I remember that was super cool and like going down the path of, wait, we, we've talked about her twice. 
We uh, also bought her Patreon and reviewed her film school. Yeah, it was in the video yeah. called The Disneyfication of the, of Nelk, the Nelk Boys, Boys, as well as in uh, the video oh, about buying Cardi buying B's OnlyFans. Only yeah, which is like we reviewed a bunch of different creator pl uh, membership platforms, and Issa Rae's film school on Patreon was one of them. Yeah. So we definitely are aware of, of Issa Rae and her, you know, her roadmap and like actually extremely inspired by it. Like, I think we will probably follow in a lot of similar steps there, but I'd love to have Issa on the show. I think she'd be great on the show. Okay. Speaking of covering creators, you're currently covering your head with a hat. Okay. Was that a good segue? Sure. Yeah. I was wondering when we were going to get to my hair. Colin came in to the office today with a completely new hairstyle. I've known this guy for over a decade now. Okay. And you have, I think in that time, never come in with a new hairstyle. That is not true. That is true. You've had the same hairdo. Okay. This has been the most drastic change. This yes, has been the most drastic of change. the last 10 this years, morning. but I've been making minor adjustments. There was no warning to it. Okay. So what was the, what was the impetus behind this this morning? Uh, you know what? Uh, listen, I came in this morning and I told everyone, uh, I just didn't have time. I came out of the shower, whatever. This is what it is. Not a big deal. That was a lie. Bold face lie. In yeah, because I also saw you this morning on a Zoom call, and that's when I was like, whoa, something's different so with what's, that guy. What's different here is I'm parting my hair down the middle. Right. Okay, which is not something a lot of people do. I'd, I've done it. Yes, but yeah. it's uh, it's hard to do. Sure. Right? It's hard to do. And um, it's something I've been thinking about for a long time, ever since I saw a photo of Tony Hawk's brother. So a lot of people. Wait, Tony Hawk has a brother? Yeah. What's his name? His name is Mike. Mike Hawk? No, his name's not Mike Hawk. Come Why? On. You know him? What? Jesse, you need to cut this part. Say Mike Hawk. <laughs> okay, let me... Let me Say I, it out I'm loud. I'm pretty sure that's his name. Say it out loud. I, I understand what you're getting at. But I'm There's not. no chance his name is Mike Hawk. Well, yeah, I'm looking it up on Google <laughs> right now. There's no chance. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold on. What is Tony Hawk's brother's name? Yeah, no. Yeah, this has to stay in. No, What is Tony Hawk's brother's name? Everyone's understanding what I'm saying, right? Well, you know. It's like we have a PG show. We can't say Mike Hawk on here. Yeah, true. Not PG. Okay, hold on. Everyone bear with the me. Family friendly. How is it this hard to find this brother's name? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Steve. His name's Steve. Steve Hawk. Okay, all right. I was duped <laughs> yeah. by the internet. No one in the history of the world has been named Mike Hawk. Well, I don't know. Because someone says it out loud. I searched and it's it like, and it came up. That but anyway, go. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let so me look me, back here. Okay, so look I'm back because I, I don't I think see we can a use, photo. Okay, I, my perspective is I don't think we can use that. I, I don't see think we, I, the amount of times I just said that. Well, is, that's, that's going to be up to Jesse. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jesse will decide if that segment just stayed in. But okay. Anyway, Steve Hawk. Steve Hawk. Okay. Brother of Tony. A lot of people for years have said that I look like a young Tony Hawk. Mm -hmm. And then I saw his brother, Steve, and I realized I actually look like Steve Hawk. Okay. And there's this photo of Steve with his hair parted down the middle and glasses. And, you know, I just thought if I'm being realistic about how I will age and okay. what I will look like in the future, yeah, this is it. And I'm showing Samir the photo right now. Yeah, that is, that and, is exactly yeah. what you're going to look and, like and in I'm the not future. Saying, that's crazy. I'm not saying that's super <laughs> exciting or, you know, it, it just is yeah. what it is. This is what I'm going to look like. And everyone at home, you can go look up what Steve Hawk yeah. Yeah, looks yeah. like. And that is how you're going to, I age. just, that's amazing. Realized that I may need to start trying to look like Steve sooner rather than Can, later so that I don't shock people when I'm 40 and I, 
and but I this is a and complex. I decide to part my hair in I, the middle and get glasses. I, I just want to tell you something. This is a complex hairdo. You're not like you can't just. Why can't I do that hairdo? Nah, you need to. You need to. Right now, I think you need to work on. I am your working. Barber. I am currently yeah. working on myself and yeah. my hair at the moment, and this is. I'm now in the awkward stage. I think what's funny and is, is it no longer a safe space. I think what's funny is the amount of appearances we have in the next month I and know. how stressed both of us have been about yeah, them. Like we're we're actively looking for styling support, hairdo support, support just across the board, yeah. um, creator support, as one would say. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Right. Most likely I'm going to get a haircut and my hair will look as it always does. But currently- That is the most likely scenario for Currently you. I'm yeah. experimenting and no matter what, I, you know will what look, man? I will look like Steve Hawk. We're, in, we're, I'm not here to rain on anyone's experimentation parade. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I, I think you All are. Right. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Let's uh, watch a video from the Reddit. This one comes from Ninja Ben, which- in the comments, people are saying, whoa, I didn't know Ben from Ninja Warrior made YouTube videos. Is this, is this a guy, is, like, is Ben from Ninja Warrior? Like American Ninja Warrior? You know what? I don't, I don't know if I can answer that. Okay. I, I, maybe someone can tell us. Let's watch this video. It says, big brain idea that has never been done before on YouTube. Perfect for Mr. Beast. Hey, Colin, Samir. My name is Ben Echo. I'm from Australia, and I work as part of Eric's creative team to help Eric come up with different titles, thumbnails, and concepts. Now, I pitched an idea to him recently, which I believe he's passed on. However, I wanted to go to you guys to see what your perspective is, because I think this would work really well with Mr. Beast. So hypothetically, Mr. Beast runs a YouTube video with a series of challenges, and at the end of the video, there's one contestant left, and they're guaranteed $1 million, but only under one certain condition. And Mr. Beast would say something like, Colin... You've almost won a million dollars. However, now it's up to the audience to decide if you actually get to keep it. This video that you're watching right now has to reach 100 million views before the next week or for a certain date, before September 1st. If it reaches 100 million before September 1st, Colin gets to keep the money. If it doesn't reach 100 million, Colin gets nothing. So come back on September 1st to see if Colin won the money. Now, how would this work? Essentially, Mr. Beast would have to film two alternate endings, one where he wins and one where he doesn't. He would then edit those two endings onto the end of the original video. Now, here's the secret part. When you upload it to YouTube on the backend editor before you publish the video, you have to cut out that end section of the two endings. And only when the final date is met, September 1st, you would reveal one of the two endings depending on how many views the current video has. With that said, I actually think you'd have more success if the contestant lost the million dollars if the video hit 100 million views because it allows the viewer to play the villain in the scenario. Okay, so that's a great idea. It's kind of a nuanced way of going about it because yeah. what he's talking about there is going into the YouTube editor, which mm -hmm. few people I think really know about or use. Like Jimmy he, uses it a lot. Mr. Beast yeah. does use it, but uh, you can edit your videos once you upload them to YouTube in certain types of ways. Yeah. So I think this is a really cool idea to have... It's sort of the gamification here and allow the audience to truly impact, you know, how a, a video ends. It's not too dissimilar to Love Island, right, where the viewers get to vote. Samir, okay. Samir's about to stop me. <laughs> I can't talk about Love Island. It's just, just a dating show, no, right? No, okay. A great dating show where viewers get to vote who should make it on to the next episode. Yeah. And they film it pretty much in real time, so you get to watch the next episode and see, you know, what happened. Uh, a lot of reality shows do this. Mm -hmm. Harder to pull off on YouTube, but I think this is actually a really great solve if you're able to film both endings. Yeah. I mean, forget the endings. The concept, I think, is great. I think 
it's highly likely someone's going to do this. Like this is, this feels like the direction that YouTube's going. If you really look at YouTube right now, the most popular videos are game shows and having the audience be able to impact the outcome of a game show is very exciting. I've never thought about it in this way. What you're talking about with Love Island is like a daily game show where the audience can impact it at night or like American Idol. You can vote for your fan favorite and then the next episode you see what happens. But in this context, it's like the video has already been shot, but the outcome of if that person gets to keep the money is decided by the audience. That's exciting. So I, I, I mean, short answer is like, this is, I think, a fantastic idea, and I think more people will find ways to engage the audience and have them play a role. When he talks about the audience being a villain, where they're like, don't watch the video, you know, or something like that, it reminds me of how Ludwig re relates to his chat, quote-unquote, which is his audience who's watching him live, and they are like his enemy. And that creates such a cool dynamic between them, where he's like, you know, the chat just told him to do something, or he disagrees with chat, or and all of a sudden you get to play a character with the video or with your favorite creator. So I think at a high level, this is a fantastic idea. I'm somewhat surprised Eric didn't go for it, but I get how it's very nuanced and hard to like figure out how to execute this. Yeah. But someone's going to do this for sure. Also, it could get confusing because what do you tell the person? If you have to film two endings in that scenario where yeah. the person gets a million right, dollars right. and doesn't, you then have to tell them you've I won a million dollars. Because you want the reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. point of the show, that yeah. type of game show is to get an authentic reaction of I won a million dollars. But if you've pre-filmed before you know mm -hmm. if the person won. Yeah, you're not going to get a real reaction. You're not getting yeah, a real so reaction. I, I think you can solve that though. Just like at the end of the video, just do what he said and just say like, you just won a million dollars, but if this video doesn't get to a hundred million by September 1st, you don't get to keep it. So it's up to you audience. Goodbye. And but then, but then you don't get like the payoff again. But you upload another video of the reaction. Well, well, but the, then you got to go to another video just to see the reaction. I don't know, man. Yeah. I think it's interesting though. He's on to something. All right. Speaking of on to something, Sam Reed says, would love to hear Colin and Smear's thoughts on Dude Perfect's cruise. Would be cool to see a short about this general reactions on the podcast or maybe an entire episode. Merch winners and losers. Colin and I, I think pitched Dude Perfect summer camp a while ago. And... I did not anticipate a cruise. That's not something I anticipated. Yeah, I saw the Dude Perfect going into like Dave and Buster's, having physical places where you go in and you play sports games. I thought summer camp was the right move for them. Like kids get to go to a sports camp. It's like Woodward or like, you know, one of those where you go for a week and sleepaway camp and you meet friends and you do trick shots with them and you play basketball. And like, that sounds like a blast. I would do that now. Yeah, that sounds great. I didn't great. see Cruise Perfect coming. No. A three-day cruise in January of 2023 <laughs> From Miami to the Bahamas. Let me ask you a question. How likely is it that we go on this cruise? Highly, Highly likely. Highly likely, right? Yeah. You get to experience Cruise Perfect with Dude Perfect. Photo ops, games. You know what? It, this would almost be frightening to me mm. if I was Dude Perfect. Yeah, because you're stuck you're with your fans on a, on a cruise. With all these people, and they have rabid fans. Yeah. What are they going to do walking around the cruise, like trying to get to the shower or the bathroom? <laughs> I'm sure they have their own quarters, but. <laughs> okay, that's fair. They probably have their own quarters. <laughs> and quarters is the right word, right? If we're yeah. talking nautical terms. If you're a If you're a, if you're captain. a boatsman. Yeah, if you're a boatman. Yeah. I'm sure they have their own quarters. Yeah. But, wow. Interesting. I've never thought about 
creators going on a cruise <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and inviting it's, hundreds, it's, if not, I don't know how many people can go on a cruise. This boat looks huge. Thousands of people with yeah. them to go on a vacation to the Bahamas. Again, when you look at what's happening in media today, you just have to look back in time and see if it's happened before. Disney cruises are a massive, massive business. So like, this is not new stuff. It's just now kids are fans of this thing, so let's do this cruise. But yeah. I still think it should have been a summer camp. Like, I don't know about the cruise model, but their audience is probably big cruise, has big cruise energy. Big cruise <laughs> Do energy. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they have big cruise energy, and they're, the parents are probably like, wait a second, there's a Dude Perfect cruise? Let's do the Dude Perfect cruise. I wonder if they're testing things out here on the cruise to see what the appetite is. Yeah. And, you know, if it goes well, you know, maybe they don't, go into multiple cruises, but maybe sure. they, they go into more of a traveling circus type of thing where it's not what? summer camp necessarily, but it's a circus. Like they, they have tour stops all across America where they have photo ops events. Oh yeah. Games. Yeah. Things sure. You can do. Sure. And it's like, yeah. Oh dude, perfect's in town. Like, like Ringling brothers, Barnum and Bailey. Yeah. But they can't, you can't do the trick shots live in my opinion. Yeah. But they're not going to do them live on the boat either. I think it should be more about the, the guests getting to try trick shots. I'm sure it is. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. That's what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. A- anyway, I didn't see a cruise coming, but I think IRL events for them are the the path without question. Oh man. You got a, you got a hot one. I just ate a wasabi pepper. Um, wasabi pea. Yeah. Well, I yeah. can't even think straight right now. I'm like, yeah, the, the variance in, in spice is wild, right? Um, I don't know. I just had one. And <laughs> okay. So that's what I'm saying. It's Russian yeah. roulette. Oh my gosh. You know, I am loving video questions in the Reddit. And one thing that I hadn't noticed was... Samir, I just had another. It's so spicy. Yeah, it's really spicy. It's a great snack, though. All right. So, yeah, video questions from the Reddit. You want want more. I love the video questions, but one thing I just noticed was the r slash Colin and Samir rules. I've never even seen the rules uh, for being a part of our Reddit. And one of them is creator support video questions. Creator support questions in video form can be submitted as Reddit native video, not as a link to YouTube or other platforms. Keep it brief and to the point so it can be played on the show. I agree with that. So I just want to read that. That's a great rule. I think one of the coolest things is we didn't write that rule. That rule is written by the community. That's fantastic. So feel free to keep posting videos and post them natively. Keep them short so they can be played on the show. Okay, I've come around to your gripe. These, these foods should be consistent. Yes. It should not be inconsistent with its spice level. That is a gripe that I now share. Great. All right, on that note, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you have more questions... Submit them on the Reddit. The Reddit is the place that we are checking. We are um, responding. We are looking at most things that are posted on the Reddit. There was a couple more questions that we wanted to get to today. We will get to them next week because they are just really good questions. So we'll, we will um, come to them. Sensei Seth will be answering yours uh, and a couple others next week on Creator Support. Stay tuned. Monday, we have a big interview coming out that we're just super excited for. Uh, it'll be out here on the RSS feed as well as on YouTube. So just make sure to stay tuned. Other than that, follow me on LinkedIn. See ya. But you can also follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks.